I mean, ultimately, we want to be the platform for strategic thinkers. And strategic thinkers, right now, in a very narrow sense, encompasses corporate strategy, investors, but really, it's executives. It's any type of business leader who thinks about problems beyond the day to day. Anyone who's thinking about their market, who's thinking about competitors, should be using our data. And our vision is to be the almost like the search engine for business. Because right now, if when you try to search for information, let's say you want to know how many tech companies offer support services, you can't you can't just search that in Google and find it. From Boston, I'm Emma Wright, and this is CIC's Founder Spotlight, highlighting the innovators and founders changing the way our world works. Today, I'm here with Nevin Raj, co-founder and chief data officer of Grata Data, a New York and Boston-based company bringing new insights to the world of consulting and corporate strategy. My name is Nevin Raj. I am the co-founder and chief data officer of Grata Data. We are a platform for corporate strategy. So our platform tracks and monitors companies' strategies by reading and reporting about on from uh, strategies in online documents. So we use machine learning to automatically read and process millions of documents, and then from those we're able to extract what a company is doing before it hits the news, before it hits the market. Oh, very cool. So what kind of sources do you pull from then? We pull from a lot of different sources, anywhere from websites to patents, job postings, blogs, white papers, conference proceedings, it really varies by market, regulatory filings as well, but the universal thread that we analyze is text. So anywhere where there's written text, our systems process and analyze it. How did you come up with this idea, or how did you and your co-founder decide to do this? Uh, so it's an interesting story. I was a management consultant out of college, and I did a lot of this work in consulting. So I lived in New York, would travel to all these different companies, and they were asking very similar questions, but there was no solution for it. There, Everyone asks these big questions, I'm entering a new market, what should I do? What are competitors doing? What should I be thinking about? And people have traditionally answered those questions. But more so and more so, they ask for data to back it up. They say, I don't, it's great that you have this opinion, you think this is how the world's going to change, but where's the information, where's the actual numbers that can tell me this is going to happen? So I saw that in consulting, and then I joined a private equity firm in Boston, and very similarly, they're making investments, and they continue to make investments, and healthcare and technology, and this happens beyond in other sectors as well, but you, you bring the investment committee a thesis and you say, I want to invest in this company, I think it's going to be the future, and they say, well, why? What are the numbers that back it? And all the numbers that everyone used felt very backward-looking. Oh, well, we, this is what we saw for revenue. This is what we saw happen in the last 10 years in the market, and as we know, with interesting events that have happened in the last few years, the past is not always a great predict predictor of the future. You want to, you want to know trends, you want, you want to know what's happening, but there are a lot of indicators that could be forward-looking about a company or about a market that are overlooked, and we essentially process those forward-looking indicators to build a perspective of what the, the world or what a market's going to be in the future. You know, my co-founder and I both had different backgrounds and different skills and interests, but we both saw this as a problem in the, the business world. And so I, I brought that business sense, he brought the engineering talent, although I did study applied math and statistics in undergrad, so we basically went heads down for about six months, wrote the algorithms, wrote the baseline code to, to do strategy data, and then from there, hit the market. 
Can you tell me a little bit more about your clients then? You mentioned you work for both different companies, but you're also gathering a lot of different data. I can imagine it would be interesting for a lot of industries. Where do you serve? So right now we serve two main customer segments. One is corporate strategy groups. So think large corporations, leading companies in spaces from industrials to high tech to healthcare. And then on the other side, we have private equity and investor clients. Um, typically mid-market to large cap funds that are making investments in the sectors that we have corporate strategy clients. Very cool. And was when you set out doing this, was that kind of what you envisioned is serving those clients or has it morphed over time as your product changed based on what the needs are of your clients? It's a, it's, it's a good question. I, I know personally, I know the consulting world and the investment world well, and that's why we went to that market first because of our personal networks as well as just knowledge of how those industries work. And then we actually entered corporate strategy more recently in the last six months. Interesting. And how has that been so far? It's been, it's been really good so far. There's, it's a very clear use case because a lot of our consulting clients use our data for corporate strategy. So we're now we're helping the corporate strategy teams directly as well. Very cool. And have you had to change your platform at all for that? or? Yeah, our plat so our vision for the platform has always been software as a service. You go in as a user, you type in a company name, you see their strategies, you see it evolving over time, you view markets, you interact with our platform. But we've had to build up to that. So we started off as a services business where we were doing it on the back end and we had no pretty graphs, everything was done in Excel and PowerPoint, and we provide the insights to clients. And then after about eight months of doing that, we then started providing data as a service, where clients and customers would buy our data directly, and we wouldn't have to actually make sense of it for them, not as much. And now we're at this precipice where we are gonna be releasing our full software as a service platform, where users, clients can actually go in and interact with the data themselves. The platform is the Excel part. So take all the Excel charts and the way you interact with data in that spreadsheet, that's what we're putting into the platform. So for example, geographic strategies are gonna be placed on a, a map of the US or map of the world. Um, technology strategies or product strategies fit better in a heat map, but we've thought a lot about the right visualization for the right strategy type, and we've put a lot of thought into those dashboards. That's very cool. Um, so corporate strategy seems like an exciting jump. Um, do you have any other visions for where this might go? Like what other types of clients you'd like to serve with this? I mean, ultimately, we want to be the platform for strategic thinkers. And strategic thinkers, right now in a very narrow sense, encompasses corporate strategy, investors, but really it's executives. It's any type of business leader who thinks about problems beyond the day-to-day. -day. Anyone who's thinking about their market, who's thinking about competitors, should be using our data. And our vision is to be the almost like the search engine for business. Because right now, if when you try to search for information, let's say you want to know how many tech companies offer support services, you can't, you can't just search that in Google and find it. You're going to get anyone and everyone marketing at you, and, and you don't know which ones are tech companies, if it's really support services. It's, it's a kind of random question, but you get a lot of noise. Our platform isolates the companies, the markets and the strategies that you're looking for, and then really gives you analytics around it. So we actually see our platform becoming and merging into a, a search, find, and reporting mechanism for business. 
Very cool. I can see that cutting down on a lot of time for a lot of people. What has been your biggest challenge so far? Whether that be like in the actual product design or founding or like starting a company. I mean, that's a huge endeavor. It's a big question. I, every day there's a new challenge, actually. And there's a new opportunity, though. In the beginning, it was really just understanding exactly what we're doing and product market fit. Because we knew that we were solving problems, but we were solving it in very different ways. And it was it felt like a random walk in a way where something would strike and people would love it and then other people wouldn't like it. And we go to the next client and they would like something else and you almost felt like you were getting pulled in a thousand different directions. So in the beginning, it was really finding focus. But on the flip side, being able to test and experiment and try different things is another way to know what's going to work and what's not going to work in the market. So first it was, it was it was really getting focused. Now we're at a stage, just to give you some background, we're a bootstrapped company. We don't have institutional funding. So everything we do is we have to manage cash flows. We have to manage the finances of the, of the business very tightly because we don't have a, a large pool of funding to sit on and draw from, which means that every time we do something, we have a decision we have to make. It's either for the short term or for the long term. And when you're getting pulled in different directions, the short term may not align with the long term. So the big challenge we've had is, do we do something for a client or for a customer that may not be applicable to other clients and customers? Because it's going to help us in the short term or might help us with one relationship in the long term, but it may not necessarily build to the end vision of our platform. And that's been a real challenge for us. And we're just figuring it out right now. We've reached a certain amount of scale with the number of employees we have and the way that we've developed a lot of good relationships where we're able to have a smooth running business and we're gaining enough efficiency and time to really build towards that pie in the sky future and our long-term vision. And I think that's come through a year and a half of really hard work, building a good client base, understanding product market fit, knowing what we can and can't do well, and then knowing our vision and knowing where we want our product to be. And so we've been really running these two parallel streams of work for the short run, work for the growth and the financial stability, but at the same time, build that platform in the long run. And I think a lot of organizations see this in their R&D departments. Everyone wants to do research and development, but you also still need to run the day-to-day of the business. And in bigger companies that are public and well-funded, it's easier to have a cost center of research. And for us, that's been a, more of a challenge. How interesting. And what made you choose to go that route? In terms of bootstrapping with your company, yeah. Well, we did talk to investors early on. Yeah. This is just as we were before we even had a product. We talked to investors, and we thought of, we thought about that route. But really, the business we're building is not right now. It's not so much a venture-backed business in the sense that you can generate revenue day one out of out of the gate. If you're creating data and you're creating insights, people will buy those. They're valuable. Whereas other venture-backed businesses require a lot of upfront time. Maybe it's a network and it requires scale. So you can't really get any revenue until you have a network and you have, or the marketplace and you need buyers and sellers. And there's a cost of acquisition for buyers and sellers on the, on the network. Um, for us, there's no um, network. There's no cost of, acqui- or the cost of acquisition is low. So we were able to come out of the gate after six months of development and be cash flow positive. So it was more of a business model decision that fueled that. Granted, you could make an argument that if we had built software or SaaS, a SaaS platform for a year and a half, we could have used the funding to fuel that R&D, but we were able to do it without it, which has given um, Andrew and I 
a lot of control in how we shape the company. I think it's built a lot of good values in how we think about spending. We're, we're very careful with every dollar that's spent, spent, spent and every employee that we hire. We think twice, three times, four times with every decision. I think that's built a really good culture among us where everyone feels like we're in it to win it and you know, no one wants to be wasteful of resources and, and time. Very cool. Sounds like a good foundation. Um, so, like, as you've been um, operating this company, building this company, what is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? All right, two, two pieces. One, um, so I was told, and I actually had a conversation with someone who sold a company to Twitter for, like, $300 million, and it was really interesting. He said, know the problem you're solving. And I had a conversation with him over the phone, and every time I, he said, what do you guys do? And every time I, I said something, he would pause me and say, what problem are you solving? And I thought, and at first I was pretty irritated by that advice, and I said, come on, D did the iPhone really solve a problem and enhance people's lives? You can use all these examples. And I, I think what I really learned from that is that the way you define problem can be different. A problem can be something that you do every day that's causing a clear pain point in your life, or it could also be a lack of something. And the way you define the problem is really important for setting your vision. So the way we define our problem is that business leaders can't find the right information about company strategies to know what's happening in the market. And while that not may, they may not be a problem to everyone, and it may not be impeding someone's daily life from, having it, from doing their day-to-day -day job, for some it may, for others it may not, the fact is when you create a problem being the lack of something existing in the world that makes your life better, you're actually creating a more expansive market. So that was, that was one thing I learned about how to define a problem and how to work towards that vision. The other thing I thought, and this is actually not even so much business related, um, it's more related to like the definition of wealth. Like, what is wealth? What does that mean? And a lot of people say that you, know, you have to enjoy the ride more so than what you're building towards. And you can get really swept up in the day to day, you'll work late nights, you're gonna work weekends. But if you don't enjoy everything that comes along the way, and wealth is in a wealth of friends, a wealth of happiness, right? Being healthy, like there are all these things if you enjoy working out, just having the way you define wealth is having a lot of things that you like. And it isn't at the end of the day it's not necessarily like a large company and that's what you're building towards. But if you lose sight of the, of the short term and of all these other things that are important, I think you can actually end up at a place you may want to be. But then you look back 15 years and you say, wow, I lost my 20s or I lost my 30s. Um, and so Andrew and I and, and the company, we really try to make sure that beyond working hard, we have a good lifestyle, we have fun, we enjoy, and we really enjoy the ride as part of it. Absolutely. So is there anything specific you've done with company culture to really bring that to your team then? Yeah, we, we, do, we do a few things. Um, we, every quarter, so we have two offices. We have Boston office and a New York office. I'm based in Boston, my co-founder's based in New York. We bring the company together. This past summer, we did a summer outing. We took the whole company to Vermont. We had a series of events and challenges, and it was it turned into this big competition. We, we had a game of Mario Kart and laser tag and mini golf and strung it all together. Um, is there anything that like really brings that wealth? you as a person? Yeah, I mean, I enjoy staying healthy, staying fit. I, I try to spend a lot of time with friends. I, I like the idea of never eat alone. So I will try to, it's actually a tough balance because when you're eating with friends, 
you tend to eat out, which is less healthy. So I'll try to cook meals for friends and actually vice versa, friends, once when I cook for them, they'll cook for me. And that's a great balance of having a healthy meal and not eating alone. Yeah, so those are some of the two, two main things I do. I mean, I have other random hobbies. I like to volunteer and do other things for the community. But right now, between, um, between work and friends and physical kind of activity and fitness, it's, it's been a lot on my plate. I was going to say, it sounds like a very full schedule, <laughs> <laughs> but very cool. I might have to adopt that, but never eat alone. That's a great, great strategy. Um, so very cool. Um, and then you mentioned CSC. Um, why you're, you're based out of New York and Boston, why did you choose to be here in Boston? And then of all the places in Boston, why did you choose to work at CSC? Um, so I, I really like the CIC, a big fan for a few reasons. Uh, one, I really like the location. We have people coming from all over the area. Um, some from Central Square, I come from Back Bay, others uh, from Brookline, and the CIC tends to be like a really central point where you can take the green line, red line, orange line, blue line, wherever, which makes access really easy. That's I think it's really important for getting good talent because now people and maybe millennials more so are a little bit lazier and everyone wants things faster and wants to minimize their commute. And that's, that's really important for us. Um, two, I like the community. I think it's like a really great place to meet people. I've made a lot of good friends from the CIC. Just being in co-working space, you tend to interact with a lot of people. And coming, coming into Boston, I, I did have a, a large network and friend group. I, I went to Harvard undergrad and so I had a lot of my classmates stay around Boston. But beyond that, I didn't really know anyone else. And thanks to CIC, I've met a lot more people who aren't or who didn't come from my previous networks that are now really good friends of mine. I really like the events. I think there's something going on every other week. I see it in the back of the bathroom stalls. There's a schedule that has everything going on. I've wanted to get more involved, actually. A lot of events happen while I'm working, but I'm looking for things after business, likely after business hours that I can get more involved with. Um, and then I love, got a lot of the snacks. The the great selection of food keeps me running in the in the late afternoons. <laughs> I I don't drink coffee, so I love having like sweets and chips and juices or whatever to to snack on. Especially the quarterly specials are my favorite. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Um, it sounds like you, one of your next big milestones for the company is the corporate strategy visualization platform launch. Is there anything else big coming up that you're... And that, that's the big one. We're going to be hiring a bunch in the next few months in both New York and Boston. And we'll be, we'll be looking for good talent, so people who are smart, ambitious, and really believe in our vision and have likely felt the pain that we've all felt at some point through whether it's being a role as a consultant or in the investing world or in corporate strategy. So uh, we're always on the lookout for good people. Uh, I would definitely ask anyone interested to reach out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting today, Nevin. Um, and I think that's all I got. Thanks, Emma. Thanks for listening to another Founders Spotlight at CIC Boston. If you haven't already, you can find more episodes and rate our podcast on iTunes.